Would you want your name to become an eponym? Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today we have an interesting eponym that we must consider in urgent care. At the risk of sounding like a stuck record, urgent care physicians cannot possibly know everything about every medical condition. This is obvious to us all, yet I think patient expectations is that we know everything, certainly about their condition, and I do wonder if we place an undue expectation on ourselves to know everything. This is a noble goal, and pursuing knowledge keeps our minds active and definitely helps us to be safe practitioners. But the problem we run into in urgent care is the application of the knowledge that we have through the lens of our day-to-day presentations. One of the reasons specialists know a lot about their topic is not just because they've studied all the textbooks, been to all the lectures and sat all the exams. It's that they work at the pointy end of the referral system, such that every case they see is a case of X, Y or Z. In a week, they may have seen more cases of a certain condition than we see in a lifetime of urgent care. So it is the study and the experiential learning from seeing cases that really makes the difference. So I wager that the topics that you know most about, that you can manage from your memory, are the conditions that frequent our clinics regularly and fall into the comfort zone of our daily practice. And one such presentation we commonly see is a febrile child. About half a clinical shift might be taken up with a hot kiddie, and most cases they will have a self-limiting viral illness or an ear infection tonsillitis or perhaps a UTI, I think that we're skilled in working up these patients and in the vast majority of cases manage them successfully within the community with adequate safety netting. And on the other end of the spectrum, some febrile kids obviously require treatment at hospital and these are usually easy to identify and refer. It's the ones in the middle that are sometimes tricky. Do you manage at home or refer to the hospital? And on these occasions, we are lucky that our paediatric colleagues are always approachable and help in the decision-making. And it's because they understand that some of the serious illnesses that they see and deal with can be hard to diagnose initially, and that caution is the better part of valour when there's anything of concern. And I got to thinking about this when reviewing this week's eponym. To my shame, I'd never before thought to consider Kawasaki's disease an eponym, and my mind usually thought of motorbikes upon hearing the name. But, to be fair, the owner of the eponym did not use his name for the disease, preferring the original name of mucocutaneous lymph node syndrome. But he did acknowledge that this name was too long and cumbersome, so a shorter name was needed. 
he would just prefer that it wasn't his. Tomisaku Kawasaki was a Japanese paediatrician who died in 2020 at the age of 95. He was married to a paediatrician and retired from practice in 1990. He identified what would become known as Kawasaki disease in 1967, although there were many who felt that the disease that he was describing was not a unique disease. After carefully describing 50 cases, complete with hand-drawn diagrams painstakingly documenting the clinical features, his 1967 paper eventually led to an acceptance that this was a separate illness. Kawasaki disease is a febrile illness in kids with an associated vasculitis. The cause is unknown. It is the vasculitis that can lead to arterial damage and coronary disease, making this a potentially fatal and disabling illness. While it can be self-limiting, it is vital that kids get specialist treatment so as to prevent this vascular injury. Prompt referral is therefore very important. So we should consider Kawasaki in febrile kids, usually under the age of five, who've had the fever for five days or more. Diagnosis is then made in the presence of four of the five cardinal signs, which are bulbar conjunctivitis, mucositis, that being red cracked lips and mouth and a strawberry tongue, a polymorphous rash, this may be erythema multiforme, a morbilliform rash or a generalised maculopapular rash, red indurated hands and feet, and cervical lymphadenopathy, usually with one very prominent node. And in addition to these five, you can also look for a reactivation erythema around the BCG scar. So putting my urgent care hat on, seeing a febrile kid with these features will prompt me to refer. Quite straightforward. But I got to thinking, what if there were only two or three? What do we do then? Fortunately, the Starship Hospital page on this topic has a nice flow diagram for this situation. And the page also mentions that in under one-year-olds, it is more likely that less than four cardinal signs will be present. Reviewing this flowchart, it's clear that these questionable intermediate cases go beyond the care that we can give in urgent care. If the kids have some characteristics of Kawasaki's, then they need regular bloods, possibly an echo, and observation. If they're not typical features, but fever is persisting, then the algorithm seems to feed them back into the start again for you to consider Kawasaki, thereby requiring that prolonged observation. So thinking of this through the lens of urgent care, we don't need to be looking to make the perfect diagnosis of Kawasaki's disease by finding four cardinal signs to support the diagnosis, especially given that it's a very rare diagnosis. 
Given the importance of treating early to prevent damage from vasculitis, having a lower threshold in a kid with persisting fever and two cardinal signs, it seems clear to me that we should then be speaking with peds and using this algorithm to back up that conversation. This rare diagnosis is likely to not pass your way too often, and so this is not something that we need to hold all the specialist knowledge in our brain at all times. The important urgent care consideration is in a child with persistent fever, look for any of those five cardinal signs and consider referring, or at least speaking to paediatrics early, even if there are only a couple. This is the key information for us to retain, to trigger you to consider the diagnosis and, if need be, refer to the Starship or other local guidelines. So do check out the Starship page, linked in the show notes, and Dermnet also has a good page, which is also linked. If you have any comments, questions, corrections or suggestions, email podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz. And we'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then. But for now, thanks for listening.